Learning from Crisis, Engineering a Safer Future. A global conversation with senior leaders to explore the impact of COVID-19 across key aspects of the world. Discovering what we can learn from disruption to create positive, transformative change. This podcast series is brought to you by The Resilient Shift, an initiative of Lloyd's Register Foundation and Arab. In this episode, we examine the impact of COVID-19 on infrastructure, the basic systems and services that we all rely on across the world. Do we have the right people taking part in the right decisions at the right time? Should we be changing the ways in which we set up these critical systems and services? For those of us working in resilience, we don't believe you will arrive at the correct solution if you haven't got multiple different people, disciplines in the room working that out with you. The ideas and observations you'll be hearing about are based on a series of discussions which were led by Dr Juliet Mian, who's the Deputy Director of The Resilient Shift. This initiative helps to ensure the safety and continuity of the critical systems that we all depend on. These are systems that provide essential energy, water, transport and communication services and underpin food, healthcare and education. The initiative works with people and organisations from all over the world. Here's Juliet to set the scene for this topic of infrastructure. It was a really interesting discussion and in fact what fascinated me was that everyone in the room moved very quickly, not just from what we're doing in this current situation related to COVID, but what we can and should be learning from it. Now, defining infrastructure itself is quite broad, but essentially how we would define it in this conversation is the critical systems that society relies on to function. So that could be transport, energy, communications, water supply, food supply, everything that we really have relied on during the COVID crisis. These discussions bring together leading researchers and global experts who are part of the Lloyd's Register Foundation community. The foundation is an independent global charity that supports research, innovation and education to make the world a safer place. Because the subject of infrastructure is so broad, inevitably some of the points made in this discussion also link into areas looked at in other podcasts in this series. Here are some of the discussion highlights. An early focus point was that governments across the world had long acknowledged that we would probably face a pandemic at some stage. However, this did not translate into a willingness to put enough investment into preparing for a global pandemic. Dr Hyatin Sillam is the Chief Executive of the Royal Academy of Engineering, which is the UK's National Academy for Engineering Technology. Hyatin said a factor that contributed to this lack of preparation is that so many infrastructure areas work in isolation. We don't have enough of a systems approach. So every organisation, every country, every sector is suffering from siloization, and yet we are now in an unbelievably interconnected global system. And so I think it's been really fascinating to see how much 
vulnerability has come in areas where we wouldn't have anticipated it. So in the UK, care homes, you know, years of underinvestment in the care sector had a material impact on how many other sectors have been impacted by uh, the pandemic. Now, that is not something that I think, you know, our best planners would have anticipated. But having that systems approach and acknowledging that your vulnerabilities often come in those intersection points or because of the hierarchy of levels, I think is something that we definitely can take away. Using a systems approach, taking this all-embracing view of how different infrastructure areas link and impact on each other is also something that Dr Anna Miech feels would make us more adaptable and resilient in times of crisis. Anna is a senior lecturer in water management at Imperial College London. Thinking in systems and doing the planning and operation in a systems way, I think, is the next thing that engineers should do. We need more systems engineers, more students being trained as systems engineers and people who have their speciality but can think a bit bigger. Anna also felt that appreciation of the bigger picture would be enhanced by making more use of digital tools, such as computer modelling, to predict, preempt, and prepare for different crisis scenarios. And putting more emphasis on the wider picture in infrastructure decision-making is also something that Jerry Buckwalter feels strongly about. Jerry is the Chief Operating and Strategy Officer for the American Society of Civil Engineers. It's an industry body that represents civil engineers in 177 countries across the world. We just finished 120, 130 years of what I call the specialization movement. Beautiful advances in medicine and science and everything, but it has had an unintended consequence of having people abandon the holistic solutions that we used to practically 150 years ago call common sense. We need a little touch of that holistic thinking back with everyone, and then we need everyone to be better systems thinkers to some extent, and we need some people who are deep systems integrators that need to be trained to do so. And that doesn't have to be everybody, but we got to have both. A positive observation was that while COVID-19 has really put our critical systems and supply chains under tremendous strain across the world, this stress did not lead to a failure in water, energy, transport, communication and health service systems in general. However, This also raises the issue of equality, as access to these vital services and supplies is so inconsistent across the world. Nick Godfrey is the co-founder and programme director of the Coalition for Urban Transitions, a global initiative that works with national governments to help them meet their economic, social and climate objectives by transforming cities. Nick said that the pandemic has aggravated existing fractures in society and exacerbated other worldwide challenges. It's going to require leadership at all levels to tackle what I think of as a kind of convergence of crises that we face globally. There's a health crisis, there's an economic crisis, there's a climate crisis and there's an inequality and poverty crisis. Um, What's quite interesting when we think about, for example, the climate crisis We basically shut down the entire global economy, but still only reduced emissions by 8%. And that's the type of transformation needed year on year for the next 30 years to get us to close to net zero, which is what's required by science. And and, and I think if we look at the kind of 
Black Lives Matter movement, you know, that's really a proxy for the huge inequality that we, we see in the world. And, and, and it's very interesting, the economic impacts of this crisis have really disproportionately, um, you know, impacted the, the poor and most vulnerable. So it's shone a light, hasn't it, on the kind of existing vulnerabilities that everyone just kind of decided to basically ignore. The point was made that when we build or rebuild infrastructure systems across the world, if we come up with solutions that will help us address all of these challenges, this will also make us more resilient to future crises, whatever form they may take. From building design that makes it possible for more people to work from home, to greener transport systems that also make travel available and affordable for all, so that everyone has easy access to food and medical care. Communications inequality is another major consideration. The internet access that so many of us have relied on during this crisis is not equally available or reliable across the world, particularly in the global south. Hyatton said that if engineering decision-making becomes more inclusive, then infrastructure design that is more progressive will follow suit. That sense of diversity has to be richer than just count the number of women in a room. Unless we continue to diversify, and that means at all levels and in the round, so, you know, different professional backgrounds, different life experience, unless we do that as part of our normal behaviour, I really think that we will not be able to feel that we played our full part in avoiding the more apocalyptic scenarios that are still there that could lie ahead. The co-moderator for this discussion on infrastructure was the Director of Technologies at Lloyd's Register Foundation, Jan Prostatic. Jan highlighted particular issues that need to be addressed in future efforts to improve our infrastructure systems. Unless we get the governance in place, we have a way to deal with these complex systems and get someone that actually brings about the change and brings about the diverse thoughts and inputs, we're going to struggle. I think my challenge is, where can we get the most impact? Which layer of the governance structure or the way we organise ourselves needs to change to enable that sort of thing to happen? Is it more people trained in systems thinking or is there at some point we need to find a way that allows more systems thinking to come into use? Nick went on to say that he hopes this pandemic will prompt a fundamental change in the way governments and organisations across the world define their aims and measure success. He feels this needs to happen if we want to make our infrastructure systems more resilient. Why on earth do we not spend more, you know, in preventing these types of crises? You know, there's COVID, there's the climate crisis, etc., despite the fact that we know that the net benefits of prevention vastly outstrip the costs. National governments are totally, totally obsessed with GDP as the primary metric of economic progress. The reason I mention this as well is I think um, diversity plays very much into this because if I look at the economics profession who are primarily driving the kind of GDP kind of fetish globally, you know, they are from particular backgrounds. They're primarily male, they're primarily white, or in countries with primarily non-white populations, you know, they're from a particular segment of society. So I kind of connect the two. If we're going to change the way that we value things, then I think that that is deeply connected, actually, to the diversity question. And, you know, the kind of systems thinking, because it requires a multidisciplinary approach to kind of 
put a value not just on pure output, but also being able to place a value on other things that we feel matter. During this pandemic, we've heard a lot from particular sections of the research community. For instance, epidemiologists talking about the source and spread of coronavirus. However, Jerry said that the voices of engineers should also have been given more prominence. He used the example of a piece of research that he came across during an online event in the early part of 2020. They talked about how within the wastewater system of most communities, it's a fairly easy process and highly accurate that you could detect coronavirus because it's viable for days in wastewater. But if you had applied that very quickly in the early stages, we would have had a wonderful measurement out of the engineering community that would have helped us decide when to stop normal processes of community life. We would have been much smarter about knowing when to go into action with social distancing restrictions and all those things. But those conversations, I noticed, were mostly engineers talking to themselves. And staying with the subject of research outcomes... The turnaround time in the approval of a number of COVID-19 vaccinations around the world has shown that when something is seen as vital enough, testing and validation processes can be speeded up without compromising on safety. The point was made that perhaps this will lead to a general reassessment of regulatory processes so that infrastructure development can benefit from all kinds of research at a faster pace. This online discussion forms the basis of an insight report, which covers the points made in more detail. We'll be providing information on where you can find this report at the end of this podcast, but it's hoped that everyone will be able to benefit from the ideas and suggestions made. Juliette gives us her closing thoughts on some of the important points that came out of this discussion on infrastructure and the impact of COVID-19. All of us were working in one way or another around infrastructure and the future of infrastructure. Nobody stopped when COVID happened and thought, we're not working in the right area, we're not doing the right thing. All of us in the room had said, developing and implementing the right solutions for infrastructure for cities for the long term, this is more important than ever. There's going to be huge challenges in the world because of COVID, but it's an opportunity to change things. There is fiscal stimulus spending available to make these improvements. If we don't do it now, we really have missed our opportunity. Some key points that came out, I think one of them was we have to start thinking about systems and the bigger picture, and we have to use what we've learned from COVID to illustrate that and change the way we make decisions so that we're making a stronger positive impact on the system, not on any one element of the system. Another really important point was about the role of engineers in responding to crisis, but also in being there for the recovery and the long-term changes post-crisis. We must have engineers in the room. They've got a very important contribution to make But we mustn't create a new silo where it's only engineers. We need a range of disciplines in the room. And that is the only way that we'll get the right solutions for everybody. You've been listening to Learning from Crisis, Engineering a Safer Future. 
brought to you by The Resilient Shift, an initiative of Lloyd's Register Foundation and Arab. A more detailed insight report based on this discussion is available on the Resilient Shift website, resilientshift.org.